Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for our five-day-per-week wisdom and legacy-building podcast. Today is day 886 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important in order to have a proper perspective on today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we also have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and the cultures of the authors. In order to help us to have a better understanding of some of the more obscure passages in God's Word, we are investing Wisdom Wednesdays reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled these essays into a book called, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. Have you ever made a vow or promise to God or another person that you have regretted afterwards? In today's essay from Dr. Heiser, we want to explore one such vow that was made by Jephthah, one of the judges of Israel. We will compare and contrast this vow with the New Testament story of Jairus, where Jesus reversed this foolish vow. In Judges chapter 10 and 11, we will focus on righting the wrong. The story of Jephthah and his tragic vow is paralleled by other stories, including a New Testament story that subverts it. But first we want to look at this story. After the brief judgeship of Jair, a man from Gilead, the people of Israel fell into idolatry by worshiping foreign gods, as is mentioned in Judges chapter 6 verse 10. Again the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They served the images of Baal and Ashtaroth, and the gods of Aram, Sidon, Moab, Ammon, and Philistia. They abandoned the Lord and no longer served him at all. As a result of this disobedience, God then allowed the foreign enemies to oppress the Israelites as punishment. This time it was the Ammonites who lived on the other side of the Jordan in a place also known as Gilead. The Philistines and the Ammonites oppressed Israel for 18 years, and finally the people called on God for deliverance. God had his fill of their disobedience, though, and in Judges chapter 10, verses 13 and 14, God tells them, Yet you have abandoned me and served other gods, so I will not rescue you anymore. Go and cry out to the gods that you have chosen. Let them rescue you in your hour of distress. But after much pleading and putting away all their idols, God once again relented and called Jephthah, another judge from Gilead, to deal with the Ammonites, who were getting ready to wage war against them and take back some of the land that the Israelites had conquered. We pick up the story in Judges chapter 11. We pick up the story in Judges chapter 11. Jephthah sends a message to the king of the Ammonites. He is wondering why the king is not content with the land that his god Chemosh had given to the Ammonites. Jephthah's plea is flawed though. Based on the historical data of the time period, Milcon, also known as Molech, was the chief deity of Ammon and not Chemosh. It won't be the last time that Jephthah makes a theological blunder. When Jephthah leads his army against Ammon, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him for battle. And just before the fight, he utters this horrible vow. And it goes like this. And Jephthah made a vow before the Lord. He said, If you give me victory over the Ammonites, I will give the Lord whatever comes out of my house to meet me when I return in triumph. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. And after a resounding victory, we pick up the story in verse 34. 
When Jephthah returned home to Mizpah, his daughter came out to meet him, playing on a tambourine and dancing for joy. So let's look at the story behind the story in this passage. The ancient Israelites believed that the geographical areas and nations were under dominions of other lesser gods who were actually fallen heavenly beings and were put there by Yahweh, the God of Israel, because God had rejected these nations as his people, which can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 10 through 20 and Deuteronomy 32, verses 8 and 9. Judges chapter 11, verses 10 and 11 tells us that the Israelites worshipped other gods, including Molech. Human sacrifices were made to Molech. Through his own theological ignorance, Jephthah wound up performing a human sacrifice, as were their practices before, during their Ammonite Molech worship. And he was doing this to fulfill his foolish vow to Yahweh. He did have Yahweh in view, but his perspective on worship was certainly warped. Remember, at the time, there was no king nor spiritual leadership, and there was no centralized system of worship. In our third section today, we want to see how this story was repurposed in the New Testament. The tragedy of Jephthah was repurposed in the New Testament story of Jesus raising the daughter of Jairus, which is found in Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. The details are subtle, but theologically powerful. As was the case in the original Jephthah story, this repurposing is about which God is actually king and what territory is his rightful domain. Jesus is showing that Gilead is being taken back for the true God. Immediately before the Jairus story, in Luke's account, Jesus cast out the multitude of unclean spirit in the man in the Gerasenes. In Old Testament times, this place was also called Gilead. In Jephthah's day, this was the territory of the Ammonites who worshipped Molech, the devourer of children. This is also the only gospel event where Jesus is addressed as the Son of the Most High, the title of God referenced in the Old Testament when the nations were divided and their people were put under lesser gods, as explained in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 8 and 9. The casting out of these demons marked the onset of the kingdom of God. In the Gospels, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, it tells us, But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So by casting out these demons in what used to be Gilead, Jesus is asserting his kingly dominion over that place. On the way back from accomplishing this mission, Jesus meets Jairus whose daughter has died. Seeing his faith, Jesus raises his daughter. The Gospel writer, in literary terms, is reversing the horror of Gilead, which was the human sacrifice of Jephthah's daughter by giving life back to Jairus' daughter. Well, that'll wrap up our essay for today. Next Wisdom Wednesday, we will continue with the Old Testament as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay titled, When Giants Walk the Earth. I believe you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow, we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 885 treks or read the Wisdom Journals, they are available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or Google Play so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek Podcast and Journal. 
And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.